0: And I'm going to read the first two verses and, uh, and then I'm going to mention something about something that uh, Paul is doing here that we, uh, that it, you know, it kind of gets mysterious in some ways. But Paul says in the fourth verse, fourth chapter, first verse, so let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Now that's, that's, that's what he's talking about the fear of, is, is, is the fear of that. He says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Gracious Heavenly Father, again, we're so thankful that you bless us. We're thankful that you have sent us here tonight. We're thankful, Lord, for those that have come out tonight, Lord, and most of all, I pray that you'll see fit to bless us each and every day, Lord. We, uh, we need your blessing. We need you. We need you to lead us and take care of us, and and Lord, as uh, Brother Sam has already said, you know, we, uh, uh, we we pray that every one of us will have many more years to be able to meet together and and come, and I pray that you you'll preserve me until a time when course when you get ready for me lord i'll be ready to go thank you lord for everything for it's in jesus name i pray amen thank you, you may be seated <clears throat> i want to mention something before i get started in my message tonight i'm um, paul here is I, I i was a little perplexed over uh, some of the things that paul said here because uh, Paul began talking about uh, unbelief uh, all the way back in the, in the third chapter, and he began to talk about unbelief. And now he's going entering into the fourth chapter. Um, you know, uh, Paul told the the um, Galatian church at one time that uh, he had preached to them and had preached the gospel to them and had taught them. And then he said, he said, I'm afraid of you that, that I have, uh, uh bestowed, up uh, upon you in vain, that I have taught you in vain. And the reason being is because, and, and this is a key to, to this beginning in this fourth chapter. The reason being is because they did not listen. The Galatians, Paul realized that the Galatians did not listen. And that they did not take heed to do the things that he had taught them to do. Now, um, you know this is this is the very same thing that Paul is doing here with these Hebrews. Uh, Paul is, uh, and and you, you only know that by the second chapter. We're not going to get. I mean, the second verse. We're not going to get totally into the second verse tonight. But but uh, I wanted to bring the second verse out. He says in the second verse, "For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them." Now, the us he's referring to there are the Gentiles. It's what he's referring to there. So he, but he's not he's not entering himself as a Gentile, but he is, he is entering himself as being the apostle to the Gentiles. And so, as a result of that, he says, "Let us therefore." I'm sorry. He says, "For unto us." the gospel was preached as well as unto them, being the Jews, uh, even of the Old Testament, and, and the Jews that are here that Paul's talking to right now. You know, he says the gospel was preached to them too. But the problem with it was, but the word preached did not profit them. You know, that's that's a sad thing. That really is. It's a sad thing when when somebody preaches a word to you and diligently teaches you the word and it doesn't profit you any you know and and that's what paul sees and paul understands here just like he did the galatians he said almost almost the same thing to the galatians you know that what he had preached to them did not profit them at all and and it it's it comes a time when you know as i've said this before and i'll probably say it again and uh and if the Lord leads me in more times to preach. Um but uh you know you know when somebody's listening. As a as a pastor, you know when somebody's listening and if you don't know when some if somebody's listening or not, then you just wait around a few years and you'll learn they didn't listen. Because there's people that that you preach the truth to and then they come along several years later, and they'll say, "Well, I've never heard that before." Well, that's true. They didn't hear it, but it was preached to them. There, there is nothing that I believe about the Word of God that I haven't preached to you folks. I mean, after 36 years of preaching to you, you know, I've uh, certainly there's not anything that I have not covered in the Word of God. I'm talking about as far as the truth is concerned with you folks. And so th- there's no excuse for anybody to say that I haven't heard it. And I didn't hear it. And that's that's what Paul is saying here. And, and when he says, he says, let us therefore fear. We're going to talk about that just a minute. But I want to say this. The subject of unbelief and its consequences started in the third chapter and bleeds over into the fourth chapter. Paul is warning about unbelief. You know, unbelief. You know, I, I, so many people today, they just, they'll say, well, I know, I know that's in the Bible, but I don't believe it to be so. Well, what do you believe about the Bible then, if you don't believe it to be so? What do you believe about the Bible if you don't believe it to be correct and right? You know, I've had people tell me, well, I know what you preach, and I, I know that it's in the Bible. I've had Armenian preachers say, well, I know it's in the Bible. I know election's in the Bible. I know predestination's in the Bible, but I don't believe it to be so. That's just pure unbelief. And that's what Paul is referring to here when he, when he starts talking about unbelief. And, and he goes on with this uh, even further on in the book. He warns of unbelief. Unbelief is one of the greatest tragedy. Of of one who has, uh, of one who is serving the Lord, unbelief's a terrible thing. Because if we, you know, I, I I can't explain the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but I believe it's true. Because the Bible teaches me it's true. I don't understand it. There's a lot of things I don't understand in the Bible, but I do believe they're true because the Bible teaches them. I, I don't fully understand uh, election. I don't fully understand predestination, but I know they're true. And I know as, as time goes along, as years have gone along, you learn more and more about them. You learn more and more to understand them, and, and then you, you get to where you love them and care about them, and and don't wanna uh, don't wanna do anything to hurt those truths. Now there are reasons why some who profess religion will not enter into His rest. There are reasons. There are reasons why some now again I'm going to be saying something here in just a minute. Again, you know, uh there there's some, you know, there's some that are scared to death of, of of the rest. You know, there's some who says, Well, when I lay my head down and I die, you know, what's gonna happen after that? We we don't know. They don't. None of us know. You know, I've I've had preachers. I've heard preachers say, "Well, well, I've had somebody die the other day, and I know exactly where they went to." They don't know. They they don't know. You know that. I've I've seen people. I've seen good Christian people who have died. I've been with a lot of people who've died over the years, and I, I've had good Christian people who died fearful deaths. And and then I've had some, I've had some of the worst people in the world that anybody could know die a peaceful death. They just shut their eyes and die a peaceful death. I can tell you one man up there in Cincinnati, Kentucky, I was with him when he died. He was a wicked, he was a wicked old man. He's the one I was telling you about the. He would kick his wife off the front porch if he caught her close, close to the edge of the porch. He'd just take his foot and kick her right off, and she'd roll down a hill. Now, what do you think about something like that? Uh, and and, and I, I was with that old man when he died. He died a peaceful death. And then you, you'd be with a, a, a child of God when they die, and, and, and they have a lot of fear uh, when they die. So you can't, you can't tell by those things. You can't understand that with those things. And, and that's what Paul says here. He says, let us therefore fear. Now, first of all, we must know, as those in Hebrews must know, the punishment inflicted upon those unbelieving Hebrews in the wilderness. Paul, Paul uses that as a warning to them. That he said, and Paul knows that God taught him that not all of those went into the rest. Now, some some people might say, well, where did they go? We don't know. But they didn't, they didn't go into the rest. They, did, they didn't get to go into the holy land or, or the, 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 the land that God promised them. Uh, they didn't get to go into that land and and... And 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 God referred to that as them not being able to enter into the rest, and so uh, so He uses that as an example. And you know, there's there are examples out here, there are examples right here in this church that people ought to see and understand and watch. You know, you you can't. I I know if you if you have a family member here, I know you love them dearly. You know you love your family dearly, and I love your family dearly. I love all your family dearly, and uh, and because I know most of them. But but the thing about it is is you you have to you have to not only see people in a in a uh, in in a in a in a righteous sense, but you also have to see them in the sense of what kind of life did they really live, and and Paul is warning them here. Just because these Jews that wandered in the wilderness for 40 years did not believe that God had given them the land or they would have gone, gone on into it. They didn't do it. And because of that, God said not all of them entered into the rest. That's the example he gives us. Now, is the rest not not salvation? I don't know. I, I know. I know with me... Not to enter into the rest, it would be not to have salvation. Because I've always looked forward to that all my life. That someday, I know there's, I've run up on a lot of troubles over the years. I've had a lot of troubles over the years. But I know that someday, you know, that, uh, that, that, that I, as well as you, are going to have to enter into that rest that the Lord has promised us. He promised us a rest. To know exactly what that is, all I can say is, is I pray every night to God that He will give me a restful night of sleep. And what I mean by that is that I don't want, I don't want Him to send any nightmares my way. I don't want Him to send things my way that, that will scare me and, and such and such as that, that I can have a peaceful sleep and, 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 there's some people that just don't have peaceful sleep. But I pray every night that God will give me a peaceful sleep. And so thereby, you know, we, we have to, we're always diligent to that. Now, this first verse of chapter 4, he says, Let us therefore fear. Now, why? And really, the reason he says that is, he says, Let's look back, let's all look back. He said, Let's, let's look back. And all those who died in the wilderness, look back at them. They're, they're our examples of unbelief. They're our examples of unbelief. You know, we, we can't find any modern-day samples of unbelief because we don't know. But Paul says, I have an example that you need to look at back to, and that is those Jews that died in the wilderness. Because, and he said they died because of unbelief, and so there, there, this was these Jews' example, plus they're our example too, of those that died in the wilderness. Now, uh, this first verse is a clear warning. He said, "Let us therefore fear," and that he says because I said because of those who died in the wilderness, lest. A promise being, being left us of entering into the rest that any of you should seem to come short of it. You've got to always be on the lookout for that. Always be on guard for that. Always be on guard for, for, for that. And, and that's what, that's what it, that's what this fear is referring to. This fear is not, and I've got it down here, this is not speaking of a fear of damnation. That's not what this is talking about. That's why this is hard to understand. This is not talking about a fear of damnation. But it's talking about a fear of one. Being cautious. And vigilant. Concerning the very life they live. or, the, or With us the very life we live. You know. Let, let's watch that life we live. Because let's fear enough. Let's fear enough. What sin will do to us? To the fact that we'll we'll watch what kind of life we live. We'll be vigilant. We'll be sober, and we'll keep our eyes open, and we're careful as what kind of life we live. Now I've heard people talk about those that are uh, that are just uh, uh, they're just they seem like their head never never lets them rest. You know they're just they're just uh, 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 free free livers, I guess. You know, they, they just, whatever they do, whatever they say, you know, they don't, they don't, they're not careful about that. They're not careful about the life they live. And he said that one thing that he says, let us fear because of the fact is that we may be one of those, that we will not be one of those that entered into the unrest. He said, he said, uh, he says, he says there's some that should seem to come short of it. He said that's, that's what we watch out for. That's what we watch out for. You know, the, watch out for unbelief. It's, it's not a terrible sin to unbelieve something if you come around to it maybe later on and realize, well, now I'm sorry, Lord, that I didn't believe that came to the truth. And that's what he's telling us about. It. Be careful. Be, be sure that we, be sure that we condition our life to the point to where that, uh, we realize, you know, when we sin. We realize when things are wrong. We realize when we're doing things we shouldn't be doing. Be vigilant about that. Realize that that's wrong. You know, that's wrong. I mean, could you, if I was to ask you tonight, any of you, if I was to ask you, you know, uh, uh, do you know what is, what you do in life? Some of the things you do are wrong. Well, praise the Lord. If you do, then you're, you're one of those, you're one of those, uh, uh you got that all on me. You're, you're, you're one of those, uh, that, uh, are not, uh, really watching what kind of life you live. And, and that's, that's what this is referring to. Now, I want to say this. If one is truly saved, that one has been given a promise of eternal life. And God never takes that away. You know, God, even, even through, you know, unbelief, God never takes that away. That's the reason I'm saying that we, we don't know uh, truly if those Jews that died in the wilderness, if they, if they went to, didn't get to go to heaven or not. We don't know that. But we just do know they didn't get to enter into the land of rest. What is our land of rest? It is heaven. Our land of rest is heaven, so, so it could be, he's talking about that very same thing here. I can't say one way or another, but God has promised us eternal life that, that one must believe that that is true and be as sure of that promise as he is, he or she is of salvation you know be 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 that sure of that promise of eternal life as sure as you are of your salvation you know, people say i'm saved but then but then let me tell you folks and i think some here can testify of this i know i can you know it, it took me a while to get assurance it took me a while to get assurance it took me it took me a long time but when i finally when the lord finally assured me that I was saved and I had eternal life—that was the most wonderful thing that ever came to my life. You know, I, I didn't fear any more anything after that. I didn't fear anything after that, and, I, and and today, you know, I've heard I've heard some of you say it. Well, I'd be scared to death to do that. What some people do, because I'd be scared of the of. of 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 punishment be scared of chastisement you know you should always have that in your mind you should always be thoughtful of that that's that that uh that that if we do something we shouldn't do god's going to chastise us and let me tell you real chastisement of god is a terrible thing and as i've said this many times before chastisement is not a flat tire chastisement is not a, a car that don't run right Chastisement is not, uh, uh, that's just like uh, uh, Hannah called me today and uh, my our Hannah, uh, I guess I could say Shelly's Hannah, called me today and her battery has about gone in her car. And she said she got somewhere and then it wouldn't start. But, uh, you know, that's not chastisement from the Lord. I've heard people say that people said my car wouldn't start. Well, I guess the Lord, I guess the Lord's chastising me. Uh uh-uh, uh folks. You don't find anywhere in the Bible that chastisement doesn't. It's either sickness or even death. Chastisement is is all around death everywhere. Because God, God will, God will take a life of maybe someone who's close to you. Because of chast, because of chastisement, not of them, not of the person that he takes alive, but of the one that loved him dearly. God, God, God will do that. These things, and and uh, I had a preacher argue with me over that one time. He said God is not in charge of any death. I said you, you just don't know what you're talking about. You know he he said he said God is not dealing. with, Anything in death? So God deals nothing in death. I said, "Well, then, why does He warn us of of spiritual death? Why does He warn us of of, of, of hail fire and such like that? If God's not uh, into death, you know, it's not like, it's like my brother said one time. And when when we looked in the casket of uh, when my dad was had passed away, my brother looked at me and he said." Does a God you serve do this? In other words, take take our dad. I said, "Well, God saw fit to call him home," and he said, "He said, nah. He just shook shook his head. In other words, God had nothing to do with my dad my dad's death. God has set a time. I I, I can't help it, folks. He set a time for us to be born. He set a time for us to die. And, you're, and let me tell you, folks, if, if I want to if, if give you some solace tonight, let me tell you, you're not going to die a second before or a second after your time to go. You're not going to die second after or a second before. You're going to die right at the time God has set for you to go. Now, when is that? I don't know. I don't know when it is. I don't know when it is in my life. I don't know when it is in your life. But God has set the time for us to go. And certainly that's something we have to learn. John the Apostle stated, he says, These things, and and here's something that warn you of today. He says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. How many times is believe mentioned there twice? Belief. Belief. Well, what's the opposite of belief is unbelief. You know, this is the scripture that led me to assurance. This is the scripture that led me to assurance right here. You know, because When I read this, I realized, number one, I need to study my Bible more. Because these are written that you might know. I need to study my Bible more. If you have a problem with assurance today, you need to study your Bible more. If you have a problem with unbelief today, you need to study your Bible more. Because that very second verse there, Paul tells them, he says, the gospel was preached to us, it was also preached to them. The same gospel. And let me tell you, all of these truths are in the gospel. When when you believe the gospel, you're believing all these truths that follow as far as the gospel is concerned. This is one of the great promises the Holy Spirit gives to every born-again child of God. All of these assurances are true and come from the believing of the gospel of Christ. Belief—that's an important thing. Unbelief is a terrible thing. Belief is an important thing. An important thing when 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 we say believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, it's just, it's not just to say, "Well, I believe and everything's going to be all right." Really believe upon the Lord. Really believe that Christ died for you. You know, I've said this many times over the years that if that if I'm the only one that Christ died for in this whole world Then he died for me. That's how I see it. You'll say, well, he died for me too. Well, then if he didn't die for anybody else, he died for you too. If I'm the only person in the world he died for, which I know I'm not, if I'm the only person ever lived upon the earth he died for, then he died for me. That's how I see it and how I understand it. The great fear of many is that they have come short of these promises by the very life they live because the very life they live shows it. The life they live shows that they're coming short of these promises that God gives, that they really didn't believe as they should. It's a sad thing. And then he says in Hebrews 4, 2, we're going to just briefly get into this tonight. We'll get into it more next next Wednesday night. He says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. The them he's referring to are those Jews, those unbelieving Jews. That, that's 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 what he that, that's what he's referring to here. And he's saying the reason is is, is it wasn't mixed with faith. We're gonna talk about that more next week. It wasn't mixed with faith. You know, let me tell you, folks, if you don't have faith today, you're an unbeliever. Let me say that again. If you don't have faith today, you're an unbeliever. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, you're not doing anything that's pleasing to God. Without faith. It's an important thing. It is by faith that believers enter into rest. This is the reason... I have warned many times of being sure that one is truly saved. I've warned that over the years. Be sure you know you're truly saved. You know, you'll say, well, why do you say that? Well, sometimes when you see what kind of life people live, then you wonder, are they really saved? Jesus, Jesus talked about that. Paul talked about that. John talked about that. All through the Bible, they talk about the the life you live Is indicative of whether you have faith or not. The life you live has to do with that. Walking a church aisle does not save. Taking a preacher by the hand does not save. Going into the baptismal water does not save. Trying to live a holy life does not save. But the way that one is seen to be saved is what kind of life he or she lives. We're not going to go to it tonight. But you can go to the 2nd chapter of James, and he teaches all about that. James, the 2nd chapter, he teaches all about that. He says, faith without works is what? Dead. Faith without works is dead. You know, if, you, if you're if you not willing to, to do for the Lord, you're not willing to work for the Lord, and you just want to uh, warm a pew and say that you are a church, I've said this many times, People used to come to me, and not many do it anymore, but people used to come to me, and they said, "Bitch, can't guess what I did yesterday on Monday morning. Bitch, can't guess what I did yesterday. I said, it was one of two things. I said, you went to church, or you put money in the offering plate. Well, how'd you know? I said, uh, I've, been, I've been asked that many times. Bitch, you, you can't guess what I did yesterday. You know, and, uh, you know, some people just go to church so they can brag about it. I've often said that about preachers getting up early. I've often said a preacher only gets up early so he can brag about it. How many times have you heard me brag about getting up at 5 o'clock every morning? You know, because, you know, you know, I, I don't need to be over here at church until 9 or 10 o'clock. But uh, you know, you have no reason. You'll say, "Well, I got a reason to get up early. I have to go to work." I have a reason. I have a reason to get up early. I have to go to work. You know, it's 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 something that we we don't we don't serve the Lord to go and boast about it. Matter of fact, Paul told the Ephesians. He says. You have nothing to boast about. He told the Corinthians the same thing. You have nothing to boast about. If you're saved by grace through faith, you have nothing to boast about. Ephesians 2 and verse 8. You have nothing to boast about. You know, if you're saved by grace through faith, you have nothing to boast about because you didn't do anything to be saved. You say, "Well, I walked the church aisle." You didn't walk to church aisle to be saved. You walked the church aisle because you wanted to. You wanted to show people that you want to openly show people that you have trusted Christ as your Savior. You've already been saved. You've already been saved. One of the one of the worst one of the, one of the hardest questions I had asked at my ordination many many years ago was this. When did the Holy Spirit enter your life? That was the question that was asked me. And I sat there and thought about it. I was just a young man. I was ordained about uh, uh, a month, two or three months, about, well, about four months after I was saved. And I sat there and thinking and I said, well, the Holy Spirit, what I believe about doctrines of grace and what I believe about salvation then the Holy Spirit must have been in my life before I ever knew it. And the a, and a person, person that was asking me the question, they said, that's correct. said, the Holy Spirit was in your life before you ever knew it. Holy Spirit was working with you and dealing with you before you ever knew it, which is key. That's key to all of it. If one has claimed to be saved and lives an ungodly life, then there is no evidence of salvation. As the great apostle says, but the word... Preach did not profit them. You know, the word preach did not profit them. Oh, I would hope and pray. I pray to God. I was was reading this today, and I read it last week, and I studied it. And my prayer, I stopped right in the middle, of my prayer to God is that every person of this church is profited by the truth that's been preached to them. That it's been profit to them. (laughs) It was all in vain for them. Just as as it's all in vain for us, I don't and most likely will never understand why a person walks a church aisle professing salvation and then chooses to live a life of sin and degradation. I've never understood that, but I do now. I understand it now because they're not saved. A lot of people walk the church aisle thinking they're saved. They take the preacher by the hand, thinking they're saved, and a lot of preachers are out there to tell them, "Well, you're saved now. You have nothing to worry about. You're saved now." I don't know how many of you have heard the advertisement of Franklin Graham. He comes on, uh, he comes on the Fox station ever so often, and he has it. And what does he say in that? He says, you're, if "You have to pray to God. I'm a sinner, and I want to be saved. A sinner doesn't have a prayer." You know, you pray to God because you're already saved. That's just like the the publican that went up to the temple to pray. He was already saved before he went up. Some people say, well, he was saved while he was up there. No, he was saved before he ever went up there. Just like the Pharisee who also was there, the Pharisee was not saved. And he showed it in his life. He showed it. He said, I'm thankful I'm not like other men. I'm thankful I don't do the things they do. I'm thankful that I live with uh, life, I go to, I go to, a worship service every time the doors open. I give, I do this, I pray and I do all that. But that public and just, oh, he prayed, Lord, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, Lord. He was already saved. You can't, you can't ask the Lord for mercy if you're not already saved. You just can't do it. It's impossible. A lot of people have, done that thinking they're saved jesus was very clear about this when he said for what a man for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul matthew sixteen twenty six. and also remember what paul said to the to the roman church the just shall live by faith we don't live a sight As God's children, we don't live by sight. We don't, we don't live by, you know, if we got a bunch of money in the pocket, we're okay. We're fine if I got a lot of money in my pocket. I'm fine. We live by faith. We live by faith. If I don't have any money in my pocket, God's going to take care of me. If I don't have food on my table, God's going to take care of me. If I don't have the right clothes to wear, God's going to take care of me. I believe that and I've practiced that. All my ministry. I practiced that all of my ministry. I've done that all of my ministry. And certainly uh, this is something that I've I've been blessed by. I've been blessed by. The moral of this is that we must always be careful how we live. Fear. You always be careful how you live. Always be, be careful what kind of life you live. May God bless each of you. It's my prayer tonight, and I pray that God will bless you and bring you back the Lord's Day on Sunday when we'll be preaching another message. I thank you tonight.